Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is May 19th, 2023. It is Friday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Grow Your Own Optimist. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is To be bitter is to attribute intent and personality to the formless infinite and unchangeable void. We drift on chartless, resistless sea. Let us sing when we can and forget when uh, forget the rest by H.P. Lovecraft. Did you guys watch Lovecraft Country? What an incredible show. My uncle was always very into um, reading and he really liked um, H.P. Lovecraft. I, I couldn't get into it. I'm just florally writing isn't like my personal jam and not that he's floral he's just very abstract and I just don't really that's just not for me um but Lovecraft Country uh I know people absolutely loved it and it was also kind of um not like a mo because uh H.P. Lovecraft had a lot of like racial stuff in his work and like not in a good way um so I know that like Lovecraft Country also kind of um kind of took power over that too you know pretty cool so what are we drinking today? Oh my gosh, I left I left my tea in the other room. I'll be back. All right, so we are drinking Dark Fae from Sip a Spell. So just a heads up, we're doing a new release soon for Sip a Spell, probably next week. Um, so if you've been on Sip a Spell and you're like, oh my gosh, all this stuff is out of stock, it's because we have a new one coming. And oh my gosh, the packaging, the packaging, you're going to love it. <laughs> Anyways, Dark Fay is a yerba mate with green rooibos, cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, lemongrass, and a seed, mango pieces, um, pineapple pieces, and then cinnamon, almond, and papaya flavor. So, cardamom. We've talked a lot about cardamom. I think it's one of the like best herbs around. Big statement, possibly. Uh, or spices. I don't think it's an herb. It's a spice. So we talked about the history, the culinary, the medicinal, and now we're talking about the magical. So cardamom um, corresponds to the water element, which is so surprising to me, and the planet Venus. To encourage a would-be lover, choose some cardamom seeds before talking to this person. This is also useful in any situation calling for eloquence when you must charm your audience. Cardamom seeds can also be added to lush drawing sachets. Cardamom is a stimulating herb that relaxes the body and clarifies the mind and should be used in any situation where these are needed. Honestly, that makes a lot of sense to me. It just has such a uh, sophistication to it that I definitely feel like if I were ever in a situation just way above my head, I would chew some cardamom to get through it. 
All right, moving into some headlines. It's Friday, so we do kind of fun headlines on Friday. Not that we have like strict headline rules any other day, but Friday is particularly fun. Uh, this comes to us from vice.com. I tracked America's cryptid obsession from Bigfoot to sentient parks. So let's see what they have to say. This is written by Katie Way. How would you react if a stranger at a dive bar or your chatty 70-year-old neighbor told you they'd seen Bigfoot? Um, would you make up an excuse to exit the conversation ASAP or would you pull up a chair and hear them out? Oh, listen, I know everyone who listens to this podcast would be like, let's go. Let's hear it. I want to hear every detail. We like learning things here at Witch Daily. Uh, for his latest book, The United States of Cryptids, A Tour of American Myths and Monsters, author J.W. Auker did a ton of listening. He spent a year bouncing across the country to wherever cryptids, animals that many people believe might exist but aren't officially recognized by science, have been spotted, memorialized in the form of news clippings, or memorialized in the form of news clippings, statues, plaques, museums, and annual festivals. Kiki went to the Bigfoot Festival. Jelly, jealous. She's adorable. Um... I love it. Can I be honest, though? I just love subcultures. I think that's my thing. I love a little subculture. I will listen to people tell me about anything. Um, when I went to Amish Town, which you all heard about extensively when I got back, uh, literally me and my friend Gina, we would just sit on the porch in the mornings uh, drinking coffee and just like watching the roads as the Amish like clippity clopped on by and we would just form lists of questions just any question that entered into our mind and we'd write them down and then when our friend who like grew up in that area like unsuspected unsuspectedly during the day we you know we'd be like hey so we have questions <laughs> and it was just so neat and interesting and um I just I don't know I like hearing people talk about experiences that I'm unfamiliar with. I think it's so fun. So the resulting work is a deliciously nerdy chronicle that celebrates thinking about life beyond, somewhat of a lost virtue in an era when the U.S. government's big UFO reveal in 2021 conjured a collective, eh, okay, from the general public. No sighting is too marginal for uh, Ocker, my favorite entry about a pair of sentient pants that slunk a single time through Fresno, California. According to him, cryptids are a key thread in the American fabric and a lifeline for small towns that would otherwise be left off the map entirely. Quote, there are more than 70 monsters in the book, Ocker told Vice. None of them are just fables. 99% are validated by newspaper accounts and eyewitnesses. That is super neat. I'm actually, as we're talking, sending a link to this article to Kiki because I feel like she would be so into this book. Um, so super neat. If you're into cryptids, I know Amber who listens. Her dad's really into Bigfoot. Um, so maybe that could be a good Father's Day, Amber. Father's, <laughs> I'm telling one of our pod listeners what to get her dad for Father's Day. I'm like, Amber, listen, he likes Bigfoot. He'd like this book. You should just get it for him. Um, but I just think that's really fun and neat and super cute. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will be back. 
Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, May 19th. The new moon shines its fresh light on Taurus's emerald pastures today. Here, the moon conjuncts the sun and trines Pluto. A new moon begins a new theme in our lives. With the new moon in Taurus, we're training our focus on material things and how we interact with them. The trine to Pluto is uncovering our habits, for better or for worse, and the Taurus new moon is showing us more constructive ways to improve those habits and make them more productive. Don't resist Taurus's single-mindedness. Taurus knows how to get things done, and we sure could use some of that fixed energy in our routines these days. Your daily moon mantra is, Chains of habit are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. From the pages of Which Way Magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olivia Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never-before-seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia, and dating remind us that there is magic to be found in the dark places. Olivia Blake is a New York Times best-selling author of The Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince Toddler, and Rescue Pitbull. Find the new anthology series, Grow Your Own Optimist, by Olive e. Blake, wherever books are sold. All right, we are back. So let me tell you a fun little secret about how I organize this podcast. I basically, at the beginning of the, of the month, spend about two hours and I come up with every single topic we are going to talk about for the whole month. So um, I basically look at what you guys are talking about on the Facebook group, what the Patreon people are talking about. Um, maybe I'll touch on a series or I'll see kind of like what we're talking about in which way. And I sit down and in one sitting, I plan the entire month. So. Sometimes past Tanya is like towards the end of that two hour period and she's tired. And so she'll put a note in the podcast that says, future Tanya, I need you to handle this one for me. I'm tired. Help, you know, help me out. And today was one of those days. I saw a note from past Tanya who was exhausted. And I said, you know what, past Tanya, I got you. We're a team, right? So yesterday... Um, we talked about, uh, psychomantiums and I got to dig out my really cool set and apparently rare, which I discovered after the show, my rare set of encyclopedia of occultism and parapsychology. And as I was flipping through it, looking for information on psychomantiums yesterday, I was seeing the neatest things, right? Um, that I was like, oh my gosh, this would be fun to talk about. This would be fun to talk about. This would be fun to talk about. And it just seemed like an endless resource of things for us to talk about. So I thought it would be fun on days when past Tanya was just so tired that she could not plan another day. Um, we could do 
a random number generator and let the gods decide what we're talking about today. So I have volume one with me right now, which is A through L with the encyclopedia. And I am going to go to random number generator and I'm going to put in the number of pages. So this volume has 700. This volume has 785 pages. And we are going to let it choose what page we land on and we'll see what we get. 265. Let's see what's on this page. Okay. What are some things we can talk about? Um, hmm. It looks like these are just names of prominent researchers. So I'm going to go ahead and do another generate 775. I'm worried that's the index. This is already not working. I may have made a grave error. Ooh. Nope, we got we got something. We got something, folks. The nuns of Lodun. That's French. Let me see how to, I'm gonna pause it and see how to say this correctly. Nuns of Lodun. So, who are the nuns of Lodun, you ask? The second of three cases of demonic possession reported in 17th century France. The first involved in Father Louis Gaufridi and Sister Madeleine de la Plade de Moi, super French, in 1611. So, I guess they dealt with three cases of demonic possession, These, um, this priest and this nun. So, this is the second one. Okay, so in 1633, the convent of Ursuline in Ladon, France, became the scene of an outbreak of what was described as diabolical possession. The numerous nuns who inhabited the convent showed all the signs of possession, including speaking in tongues and acting in a most extraordinary and historical manner. The affair grew in volume until practically all the nuns belonging to the institution were in the same condition. The mother superior of the convent, uh, Jean de Angs, appears to have been of unstable temperament, and she was not long in affecting the other sisters. Okay, side note, I know this is going to sound really messed up, and please don't judge me. Sometimes I dream that, like, I lived a life where I was a nun who just, like, slowly corrupted all the other nuns and, like, made them rebel. <laughs> and this sounds like this person. Uh, she, a sister named Claire, and five other nuns were the first to be ob obsessed by the so-called evil spirits. The outbreak spread to the neighboring town and caused such a scandal that Cardinal Richelieu ap uh, appointed a commission to examine the affair. The devils resisted the process of exorcism, but seemed to succumb to more imposing ceremony, then returned with greater violence than ever. Suspicion then fell um, upon Urban Grandier, the confessor of the convent, as the instigator. Oh, he was a friar. A fr or a fr I think he was a friar. His, uh, his letters are FR. That's got to be like friar, right? Ooh, so he, oh, so he, there was suspicion on him as the instigator that he made all these nuns possessed. He was arrested 
and accused of giving the nuns over into the possession of the devil by means of practice of sorcery. However, it came to light that the neighboring clergy were jealous of Grandier because he had obtained two, uh, he had received two, uh, in their diocese, like two benefit, like benefish, ben, uh, benef something in their uh, diocese of which he was not native, uh, native, and they made up their minds to destroy him at, at the first moment possible. So basically, he had been given too many privileges, it seems. So because uh, Grandier um, was just like the friar that they accused of bringing the devil into the nun's space. Um, they just didn't like him because they were like, you are not from here. And, you know, humans, human. We are not, you are not from here. And we just feel like you have it too good here. And so we are going to destroy you. So they're like, you brought the devil into the house to possess all these nuns. Oh. Despite his protest of innocence, the priest was hauled before a council of judges of the neighboring um, areas, and they found on his body various marks said to be the undoubted signs of a, sor of a sorcerer. And the, in uh, the inquest also brought out weaknesses in uh, Grandier's reputation. I mean, we've seen this. We've seen this before. However, religious prejudice undoubtedly tainted this case. Papers seized from him were said to contain uh, much material subverse the Roman Catholic religious practice. The persecution produced a pact with Satan promising Grandier the love of women, wealth, and worldly honor endorsed with his diabolical signatures. Okay. I'm going to make a radical, I'm going to make a possibly insane conclusion here. That maybe he was framed. <laughs> Some he, he was obviously framed by the people who did not like him very much. Because who's going to carry around their pact with the devil, you know? I mean, if so, that's confidence. So some doubt as to the authenticity of this document. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, so, yeah, basically, the... It's an it's inevitable in view of the prosecution's claim that it was stolen by the demon Asmodeus from Lucifer's private files. Okay, so now they're not only so it's not that okay. So now they're saying it's not that he was carrying around his pact with the devil, Judge. It's that this demon, who we apparently know personally, Asmodeus, went into Lucifer's file cabinet because he's a 1980s attorney, and we found this letter and then we put it in his pocket. So this document and a further claim packed with the devil, apparently signed by Grandier in his own blood, survives in the Bibliothèque Nationale in Paris. Ooh, okay. When I go to Paris, I'm going to find this document and I'm going to take a picture for everybody. <laughs> uh, versions of it were published by credulous persons and sold as broadsheets. <gasps> wow. Grandier was condemned to be burned at the stake. The French loved burning people at the stake. Uh, the sentence was carried out in 1634, although only after he had been so severely tortured that the marrow of his bones oozed through his broken limbs. Through it all, he had persistently maintained his innocence. However, his death did not end the symptoms among the sisters. Oh, I forgot about them. In fact, the demons became more 
like intense than ever and flippantly answer to their names of such leading demons as Osmodius. Oh, that's how they know Osmodius. Okay. So they didn't just have Osmodius like on speed dial. Um, they knew Osmodius because he was possessing one of the sisters. I kind of forgot about that. So it was Osmodius, Levithan, and Behemoth. A very holy brother called Surin was delegated to put an end to the affair. Frail and unhealthy, he possessed, however, a indomitable spirit, and after much wrestling and prayer, succeeded in finally exercising the demons. A somewhat sensational movie was loosely based on this incident and produced in 1971 under the title The Devils. Wow. All right, friends, do we want sources on this? Uh, our sources are the Encyclopedia of Parapsychology and uh, Cyclical Research, 1991. Les Diables de Laudan. Sorcery in Politics. I'm translating poorly. Uh, 1988. The History of the Devils of Laudan, or History des Diables de Laudan. In 1839. And the Devils of Laudan. That one's in English. <laughs> in 1952. Um, oh my gosh, that was, did we have a nice time? Was, was that a good time? I had a good time. I hope you did too. If you would like to play this new game I invented for when Tanya is very, very tired, um, let me know. <laughs> Cause I, that was, I had a nice time. All right, witches. We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to Vanessa. Vanessa, you smashing pretty garden nymph. Portia Bishop. Portia, you mystical sweet vampire slayer. Sarah H., you charming pretty fae queen. And River, you sophisticated badass spider queen. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And before we leave today, we do have a card pull. Our card is the King of Pentacles from the Buffy Tarot deck. The mission is in... Oh, no, wrong one. Don't let this king fool you. He may be a cool, sexy, vampire-fighting guy, but he's also a trusted advisor. Robin's energy draws abundance, manifesting success and experience. When he rules over your reading, it's a sign that your dedication has paid off big time. Your struggles are behind you and the future is golden. So enjoy. I'm going to be honest. I need that card right now. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. I really like talking about a random thing I had never heard of before. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, so much of it was in French. Um, I tried. And that's it. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again next week. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>